deciding who wins the game on this call. Under review. The call on the field stands. Touchdown. After review, it has been determined that the receiver did not maintain. Quarterback's arm is going forward. That's the worst call in the history of all sports. Welcome to another bad call, where the refs aren't the only ones who get it wrong. I'm your host, Justin West. My sidekick here is a man who's never seen a ref make a call that he's agreed with, JD. What's going on, brother? How we doing tonight? Uh, Not bad. Yourself? Oh, you know, pretty good. We're settling in here we got uh, week one under our belts it uh, was not a bad week we'll get into that here in a minute uh before we do that uh let's let's welcome in our our second guest uh by the way this is episode three and leading into week two of the nfl season uh, and joining us tonight is buddy of ours brian campbell what's going on guys thanks for having me on Oh, thanks for joining us. Did you guys see that Collins run that he just had broke off? Yeah, he's going to need to do a lot more of that because uh, A.J. Green has been putting a hurting on the Ravens tonight. Yeah, he went uh, ham, as the young kids say. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's one way to put it. Oh, man. So, uh, Brian, why don't you give us a little bit of your what your fantasy experiences uh as far as season long or dfs what what do you like to play um for the for the most part i do um i'm in two dynasty leagues with jd um i'm doing a redraft league for the first time in a long time this year with some guys from work and my dfs purely is that uh that small league we're in with all 10 of our friends other than that just my main thing I do is is dynasty. I would say my main passion. All right, good. So so JD donates his money to you every year. I, we both donate our money. We're good at that. <laughs> <laughs> we are well, very charitable. Oh uh, well, hey, I'm I'm glad to have you on, and uh, it's always good to get different uh, viewpoints, um, especially from somebody who maybe doesn't play the daily stuff as much and maybe give us a different kind of perspective here. So, um, you guys, uh, you guys drinking anything good tonight? Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking my go-to at the time or my favorite beer currently is a revolution brewings freedom of speech. It's a session sour and it is, um, delightful. And uh, I would like to say that I'm drinking. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have. Uh, I don't drink a lot during the week when I get up at four o'clock in the morning. Well, I can I can understand that. So, uh, you know, drinking a little water. But I uh, I've got to tell you guys. I don't know if you knew this, but I've got a dad bod. <laughs> you had a dad bod before you had kids. 
this is true, but uh, not only uh, literally, but figuratively, I'm enjoying a dad bod by Central State Brewing. It's a double dry hop, double oat IPA. Oh, nice. It's real hazy, and uh, it's it's got a nice fruity flavor profile to it. Not not like a fruit beer, but you know those those wonderful uh, from the hops with uh, Citra and Simcoe and stuff like that. Pretty pretty tasty. Well, that's fun. Garage door. Sorry, guys. You're good. <laughs> As you can tell, we record in real life, everybody. <laughs> my uh, my wife's trying to put our daughter to sleep, and I'm apparently being too loud in the living room, so I'm in the garage with the cars. Let's oh. talk, guys. Oh, right nice. where you belong. <laughs> you you could almost say he's in the doghouse. I oh. am, pretty much. <laughs> I have been to his house. That is a true, true story. Oh, it is. Great, great. Hey, uh, one thing that we've got this week, we got a couple of listener questions in for the first time, so I thought we'd just go through these real quick and, and touch on them and give our thoughts. Um, buddy of ours, David T., kind of, he's he might be pressing the panic button a little too soon, but he, his question is, when do you panic and blow up your team? Uh, and this is more of a season-long question here. Yeah, what do you think about that, JD? Well, uh, if we are if we're talking a redraft league, you need to do some serious evaluation about week four because uh, you still have a chance to turn things around. If you wait too much longer, it, it may be too late. I think. Week one, week two is a little early to get into that because we still don't have enough information to operate off of. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean, you can't really expect uh, 190 yards out of Tyreek Hill and three touchdowns. You also can't expect you know someone like Ezekiel Elliott to only rush for 40 yards every single week. So you gotta gotta definitely look at more than just one week's worth of uh, data before you start making some uh, season long decisions. And you can't expect to be going into Monday night with a seven-point lead and Matthew Stafford, your quarterback, with your opponent only having Greg Zerline and, and end, oh, up, end up losing the game. So, yeah, no, <laughs> it's definitely not time to panic. You, you put all the research and thought into your draft. Uh, give it a couple Hopefully. weeks. Hopefully. <laughs> you, you definitely want to uh, scour the waiver wires and, and see if there's any – any you know moves you can make as far as trades or anything but you don't want to blow it up it's it's too soon for that yeah right after week one is usually what i like to call the overreaction waiver so i mean you got people uh throwing lots of money around or trying to make too many moves on proven guys to pick up somebody that's played one game this is also the time where you go after someone that maybe uh, didn't meet your expectations and that an owner might be on tilt after week one. You can sometimes get some good value in a trade that you wouldn't normally uh, be getting if it was someone that knew what they were doing or if they played to the potential week one. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Uh, maybe maybe you do look out for some of those guys who are getting antsy early and, and might be willing to give up some, some value based on uh, very little information. Um, 
the the next question we got from Rebecca was, uh, what do you look for when you're trying to pick a good defense? Now, uh, from my my point of view, from a season long, defense is usually you're either streaming or you're just gonna hang on to whoever you got. But uh, from this podcast, more point of view from a um, DFS standpoint, I always that's the defense is the last thing I I really look at unless there's something that is just egregious that stands out there and and I know I'd like to fit them in I always maybe have three or four teams in mind and uh, and just just fit it in um, based on on the rest of the roster that I've put together yeah I think my general rule this year is that anyone that plays um, Oakland Buffalo uh, those are Pretty good chances of having a good defense that week. <laughs> the the all against Buffalo play. I like it. <laughs> yeah, that, that brings up a good point that even from a DFS standpoint, if you're not examining the matchup, then you're doing something wrong. It's very popular to stream defenses, always looking for all right, who's got the best chance to be creating turnovers, uh, creating those defensive touchdowns. So as Brian mentioned, yeah, going against Buffalo, that's a that's a good start, especially with a rookie QB coming this week. I like to target the teams that are going against anybody with a weak offensive line because those are ones that are going to generate pressure to get the sacks and the interceptions from those. So, yeah, that's that's a good good point there. Any anybody, a team might be good at, at holding holding down the uh, points, but if, if they're not getting sacks or turnovers, then they're really not going to do you all that, that good. So, Yeah, you don't get a whole lot for just keeping somebody under 10 points. No. So, and our last uh, listener question here comes from Corey M. And uh, I don't know if, if this is a, a dig at me, but it should be because he, he asked, uh, was, was James Conner a one week wonder or is he poised for another huge week? And the reason I say that, if you listen to the uh, podcast last week, I did pick James Conner as my chalk buster pick of the week. And, uh, the dude just, just hit a home run. I don't think my process or thought, thought about it was wrong, but it, it, as of Thursday night to Sunday, the weather forecast kind of weakened a bit, and and then the Steelers pretty much uh, they they decided they're just going to go with a one back focus, and and James Conner he did his best Le'Veon Bell impersonation and took over. So I and to answer the question, I think he is up for another another big week. I, it doesn't look like Le'Veon Bell's coming back this week and uh, playing Kansas City should be a good matchup for him. Yeah, I don't think he's a one and done. Yeah, this, this matchup is really good. I mentioned it last week that if that offensive line went out and decided to make a statement to Bell, that Connor was going to have a good week. And I think that's exactly what happened. On top of that, I had not done my research very well on James Conner, and I 
found out a little bit more information about his backstory and talk about a guy you just want to root for. I think he's going to be one that's going to work and he's going to have himself a good year. Even if Bell comes back, I think he's earned himself a timeshare. I I don't think, I think Pittsburgh seeing what they have in Bell's replacement. And even when he does come back, I don't think they're necessarily going to be featuring Le'Veon per se. I think they may use him as a change of pace back, not necessarily change of pace back. They're going to, they're going to feature Connor more than you would have thought they would have. Even with Bell back, Bell comes back. Uh, well, I, that remains. I, I suppose it depends on when he comes back. Bell certainly does give you another level of things. Uh, it, it's it's funny you if you look at stats, you see that the backups maybe have outperformed what Bell has when he's been out. But then if you dig further into it, what what those matchups were. And then if you watch the film, Le'Veon Bell just has a patience like pretty much uh, nobody else in the game. So I, I actually think that if he comes back, they're going to try to run him into the ground. But that, that, that remains to be seen. At this point, I'm guessing he's not coming back until halfway through the season at their list. Who knows? Yeah, Who cares? Be- Moving on. True, true, true stuff. This is the point we like to. We're gonna try to give our review, just a short recap of our previous week. So, JD, why don't you go ahead and tell us how how you did last week? Yeah, I'll stick to the Sunday plays or the main slate, if you will, as you know that's mostly what we're focused on. So, in our ten man, sorry, nine man weekly tournament, I finished in sixth, which is not great, but from a point standpoint. Uh, this was one of those weeks where, you know, people went off. I mean, the Millionaire Maker, the high score was over 300 points, which is just not something that happens on a regular basis. Normally, if you score 170 in a tournament, you're doing okay in this size. So, you know, I mentioned I was going to play Kamara. He obviously did good, gave me 46 points. I got hurt by Leonard Fournette. Him getting hurt didn't help me any. That was the big one that really killed me. That and uh, DeAndre Hopkins kind of let me down with 15 points. Didn't even come back at double his value. So little spots here and there, but, you know, week one, throw some darts and I missed the board. I did end up placing in Millionaire Maker, though. Scored 184 points, which <laughs> was good for uh, 30 bucks. Yeah. I finished in the top 58,000. <laughs> congratulations yeah so uh, you know I, I played 40 for the day I won 30 so down 10 week one Brian how how did you do in, in our little tournament there uh, I got eighth out of nine um, I I was just looking that up I I had some misses took a flyer in Danny Amendola you know trying very hard to be a, blame uh, Justin yes <laughs> I uh, trying to think. I mean, I had some. I had some hits. I mean, I Joe Mixon had a good game. Keenan Allen had a good game. Emmanuel Sanders had a good game. Kareem Hunt just, I, you know, when Tyreek Hill ends up basically being your whole offense, you really don't need to run the ball very much. So, I mean, like JD said, it's it's beginning of the year, first game of the year, and there's some some of the things that normally would work for you. It's 
throwing darts and see what you hit. Sometimes you don't hit. Yeah, I, I finished, ended up finishing middle of the pack. That was actually my worst lineup that I put out there this this week, uh, this past week. Rivers was good, but like you, I played Amendola. He didn't do a whole lot. And pretty much if, if you didn't have Alvin Kamara, you, you weren't getting anywhere near the top in anything this week. Overall, in um, I, I tend to play a, a more balanced portfolio, if you will. I don't, we don't talk about how much, but I ended up <laughs> <laughs> I ended up winning seventy one percent of my cash game entries, uh, which include head to heads and and double ups. And uh, the only real, the biggest misstep that I had there was uh, I got into one of those large field double ups and it was, I, I thought it was a single entry, but it was not. And so there were some, uh, some sharks in that field. And, and, and even though my cash lineup really did hit home this week, I scored 202 points with my cash lineup that that wasn't enough to cash there in the single entries it, it definitely cashed it cashed in the millie maker like i said a 70 percent win win rate i will take that every week of the season and you'll, you'll see a, a real happy camper by the end of the year but we know we know that's that's probably not gonna happen but definitely a good way to start the season now overall i was up 92 percent on what i invested for the week my top Millie Maker lineup, I played three lineups this week I, I, and cashed two out of three. My top uh, lineup went for 234.96, good for 2400th in the Millie Maker. So that, that was a pretty, pretty nice lineup with uh, Rivers, James Conner, Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill, and Sa- Saquon Barkley. So, Very nice. So <laughs> kind of disappointing, you know, some weeks 234 points is enough to win the Millie Maker, but when they go off for 300, that's it. That's one thing you got to say. It's all relative to the week. You know, there's not, there, there was some big scoring games this week and, and you can't really judge off of just one week in, in individual to judge based on your score. You have to really measure it based on relative to what everybody else did so yeah exactly and the way everybody was priced week one you knew there was going to be some big scores coming that'll come back down to earth you know week four five six when the uh, bye weeks come in yeah even still this week is uh the pricing gets a little more relevant the the algorithms start to kick in for what actually happens there probably is still some value out there and as there's some situations that we aren't aren't fully played out yet but uh, let's let's get into it for this week's um this week's slate uh, and let's start at quarterback and uh jd uh you seem to have uh picked uh, matt ryan as a guy you'd like to talk about yeah so I know there's all these question marks around that offense uh, after their dip down last year, you know, from being just a season removed from when they were the offense to beat. But he's pretty consistent as far as getting uh, 17 points or higher 
across the board. The last two times against Carolina, he's gone for 22-4 and 21-1, and at 5,700, I'll take that. That's just under four times the money. So I can't really complain about that. And I think with their defense taking a hit that they're going to have to put up a little bit more points. So uh, it's certainly not the Eagles defense they're going against and they're playing at home, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's going to be a good one for them. I I could uh, go two ways with Matt Ryan. I, I The stats and, and the offense that he's in and the situation being at home – I think Carolina defense is not as good as you might think. It, it seems like it's a pretty pretty good spot for him. But then again, I watched them play last week, and his arm just did not look like it, it was there. The play calling from Sarkeesian is – I don't even think you can call it questionable at best. It's worse than that. And uh, it – if, if he's not going to throw it to Julio Jones in, in the red zone, I, I don't see um, how his long-term prospects are, are good. He definitely should uh, be better than he was last week. But, uh, Brian, you got any thoughts on Ryan? Uh, he scares me. And I have Julio in a couple leagues, and I really wish that uh... – he, like you said, knew their red zone offense has been atrocious. Um, I mean, the year they went to the Super Bowl, they actually were a, a, you know, they were a powerhouse. Ever since then, the same exact pieces, they just can't seem to put it together. And, I mean, no matter what you do, even in between the 20s, if you can't get something going in the red zone, you're not going to win, so... As a team, yes, but when we're talking about an individual from a daily fantasy standpoint, yeah, the touchdowns obviously help. Uh, But if he, you know, if he puts up 400 yards, not saying that's going to happen. I'm just saying he could put up 400 yards. The Falcons still lose the game, and he still pays off. I mean, he he could realistically. And the other thing is, he didn't have a lot of velocity. It looked like behind his ball. Uh, game one, hopefully he can find a way to correct that. Um, it, like you said, I mean, I, he's, I think he's just as likely to have 400 yards, three interceptions, and a touchdown as he is having, you know, 250, three touchdowns, and no, no picks. So. And we should make this a point of clarification. When we talk about a guy, uh, it doesn't mean we're saying he's going to be the top scorer that week or, oh, you know. Run out to the waiver wire and pick this guy up. We're just talking about where we see value this week in our tournament play. So, yeah, absolutely. We're looking at value. We're looking at guys that, uh, from a game theory standpoint, you're going to want to play because they're not going to be 100% owned. Uh, There's there's a lot of factors, and also let's let's really uh, make this clear. It's it's Thursday night. There's still a lot of news left. The, to break, we got to look at uh, you look at Vegas lines, you look at weather, uh, injury reports. There's a lot of factors that go in, and so these are just some initial thoughts that we're having uh, to kind of try to give you some ideas of, of players to look at. Uh, I see Matt Ryan on on Pro Football Focus is they're they're only projecting a 1.8 percent ownership, so. 
if if it was a guy that you would go after and, and put in your lineup and they're and they're close on their projection, he'd definitely give you some leverage on the field if he went off. And I'm looking uh, if you play somebody like that, I'd be stacking him with Tevin Coleman. If you're doing something a little bit more uh, a GPP stack, maybe even a tournament stack at that point, but just to get some value out. Yeah, that's that's not a bad thought, uh, Brian. Um, what what were you thinking about here at quarterback this week? Um, I like I said. I mean, I I am not in the DFS quite as much as you are, but the quarterback in general that I I like a lot this week is um, Case Keenum. Um, I just I think I like what they have going on there with Demarius and Emmanuel Cortland. Um, you know, they have Royce Freeman. They have Lindsey now. It's a good theoretical PPR um, running back out of the backfield who also can obviously catch the ball or run the ball between the tackles, it looks like, too. So, I mean, he has a lot of options. It reminds me a lot of uh, Den- or, sorry, Minnesota's offense last year uh, before Delvin got hurt. I'm not trying to compare Royce Freeman to Delvin or any of the receivers <laughs> to themselves. However, I, I think the offense – can operate he is um he's a he's an average quarterback that has the potential to put up big numbers with the talent that's around him and given in terms of dfs given the value or the amount of money he's going to cost in um to play him i think you could easily probably triple the money if not quadruple your money if for points scored yeah, I don't really see anything wrong with Keenum this week. He does look like he's he's got a decent chance to repay value. Um, the guy, I had a couple guys I was looking at. From a tournament standpoint, I think that uh, Ben Roethlisberger, even though he's, I think he's the second highest uh, price, second or third highest priced quarterback on the slate. Uh, he's at home. If you look at his uh, career home uh, quarterback rating. It's at 99.1. He's playing a Kansas City team that just gave up. Even though they won, they gave up a lot of points to San Diego and Phillip Rivers last week. Um, He's This game has got the highest total in Vegas this year, and, and Pittsburgh has an implied team total of 29 so i'll i'll signs point to a high scoring output for them and them being at home that's that's where you want to play roethlisberger he might be he might be too expensive to play in your cash lineups this week but it's definitely somebody i'm looking at for tournament stacks yeah playing big ben at home is usually the way to go uh i'm <laughs> this game's going to be really interesting. I'll be curious to see on the flip side of it uh, how Mahomes does against the Steelers uh, in that environment. But the only thing that concerns me about Big Ben, even though it is at home, last year he only broke the 20 point mark three times. Which at sixty nine hundred, if we can't get to twenty, yeah, that scares me a little bit. 
So, but I think you're right. I think if you're not getting a piece of him in this, in the tournament, in a tournament play, you're going to be in for a long day. And by a piece of him, I mean, you know, uh, do you have Antonio Brown? Do you have Juju? So. Yeah, I'm. Like I said, I don't think you can get to him in cash just because there is a small question and and his price. But you look at uh, Philip Rivers put up uh, thirty five points on him last week, and uh, this this game is in Pittsburgh. The Kansas City defense is is banged up, especially in the secondary. They're they're going to give up a lot of points, which also makes you want to look at the Kansas City offense because they're going to have to be slinging the ball around too so how worried are you guys about his his elbow injury i'm not i'm not too concerned from everything i'm reading it's just he they're giving the uh veteran rest they're not concerned there's no uh real doubt that he'll play at all this week so and and really you you, if you're throwing the ball up to antonio brown you you just got to get it within the area code so Alrighty. Uh, the other guy, real quick, that I was looking at, maybe from a cash or value standpoint, is Tyrod Taylor. Um, Tyrod. Tyrod. Uh, <laughs> he he had sixty four yards rushing last week against Pittsburgh in that slot. He's going up against a uh, New Orleans team that just made Ryan Fitzpatrick look like a Hall of Famer, and. While Tyra Taylor doesn't necessarily scare you with his arm all that much, he does have some good weapons in Jarvis Landry, Josh Gordon, and David Njoku. And he he has a, a floor, a pretty safe floor with his rushing ability. And I I was just looking at some stuff last last minute here. And last year, the New Orleans defense gave up over six yards per carry to rushing quarterbacks, uh, which is the most ever that that a team has given up to uh, quarterbacks as for, uh, per carry uh, from from the quarterback position. So it, it seems like it might be a prime matchup for Taylor, and and they're most likely, I think. I think New Orleans is going to come out angry, and and Cleveland is going to have to try to play catch up. So maybe maybe not from an overall uh, perspective for Cleveland to win, but uh, definitely for them to have to keep the pace up on offense. Yeah, and he, I mean, like you said, even if New Orleans comes out and puts a hurting on them, you're likely to get some garbage time points, which. Uh, as we all know, are just as good as points scored in the first, second, and third quarter. I would say he's probably one of the safer floors for the week. He, he's not going to light up New Orleans, but I think you can be confident you're going to get a decent game out of him at the very least. And that being said, nobody thought Fitzmagic was going to light up New Orleans either. So <laughs> anything can happen. That that was incredible. He won somebody a million bucks because of that so um let's let's move on here to running back um brian 
you you're you're staying in the uh, Denver wheelhouse a little bit. It seems. Uh, what what do you what are you liking? I like for the for the money. I like Lindsay. I I, I think if, to take to take a stab, you know, at a bigger name for either your flex or your other running back. I mean, with him, I I, I think you could easily project him to have 50 yards rushing you know three or four catches for another 50 yards possibly a touchdown again um i mean if you can get 15 points out of him as you know as a good good game i mean like i said you could take a give you some budget to go after a camara or antonio brown or something like that to give you you know the opportunity to score a bunch more points i I also think that uh case keenum likes Lindsay. um I'm unfortunate because I have Freeman in two of my fan my dynasty leagues. I'm not happy that he likes Lindsey so much, but he proved in the preseason and in game one that he he uh, might be better than people give him credit for. Yeah, relatively unknown guy, and he uh, I mean he was on the field for 35 percent of Denver's offensive snaps last week. Uh, anytime you're getting a running back with that kind of share. That's good, and if you can get them at that forty-four, you know that forty-four hundred mark, that's a good play. That's a real good play. So I like that. Not again as my number one running back, but as a flex spot, or even as a cheap running back too in a tournament. That's not bad. It's it's an interesting play. He's he is relatively unknown. I think uh, undrafted rookie free agent. So he's. Uh, he had a good week last week. The matchup certainly looks good against Oakland, and, and he fits with the the Keenan style short passing game. Um, it's I, I like it in tournaments. I probably wouldn't touch it in cash personally, just because I think it's it's a little too soon to to know what what's going to go on there. Um, but I'm not. That's not not a guy that I'm I'm going to ignore. That's for sure. Yeah, agreed. And it, you know, again, most of what we are talking about is the tournament. So, uh, yeah, that's a. I think that's a great play in tournaments. And honestly, it might even be a decent play in GPP. Although I think it's going to get a little bit higher ownership than what we might expect. So, uh, JD, what's what's your thoughts on running back this week? Uh, I'm going to go the Dion Lewis route um playing against the texans uh, call this just a, a gut feeling if you will with mariota being hurt you know even though they said he's going to play uh, i think there's going to be a lot of room for that uh the little dump off dump off passes and trying to get Derrick Henry to run up the middle against that Houston defense is going to be a little rough. So I think Dion's going to get himself a decent amount of play time. And uh, he has that type of ability that he can take just about anything to the house. So I'll, I'll throw a dart at Dion Lewis this week at 5,000. It's a, it's an interesting uh, play. I hadn't really, Come across a whole lot of Deion Lewis as far as value is concerned for this week. I do like Deion Lewis, the guy I wrote him to the playoffs last year. I think he was the best running back on New England. I'm surprised that they 
they let him go, but Bill Belichick knows everything. So uh, Deion Lewis got pretty much split carries with Derek Henry last last week. They had the same amount of goal line touches. Deion was able to to punch it in. Uh, he's certainly, I would say, probably the more the smarter, more crafty player. And and if Mariota is going to be limited, or if they're going to have another quarterback in there. They're probably going to lean on the veteran a little bit more. So, yeah, uh, Deion Lewis did uh, out snap Derrick Henry by 29 snaps last week. He was on there for 71 percent of their offensive snaps. So, I think it could be another one of those type of games. No, I think honestly, I think I think Lewis is far beyond the better running back, all around running back. I mean. He he's proved it in New England. I mean, there's a, there's a crowd of backfield, and you could consistently play Lewis every, every single week, and he was consistent. I, I think he's a good running back as long as he can stay healthy. All right, Justin, who you got? Sweet. Well, you know, I I can never uh, make up my mind on one player, so I always have a have a couple here. <laughs> um, now, the, like like we said, we're we're aiming these at tournaments. I I think by far the best play of the week in cash would be Alvin Kamara and Todd Gurley. But and if you're not putting at least one of those guys in your cash lineup, you're probably um, on something, I guess. But the uh, guy that I really am excited about from a GPP and tournament standpoint this week is Melvin Gordon. At seventy four hundred, he gives you almost a two thousand dollar discount to those those top two backs. He's playing against Buffalo, who's just as as we alluded to earlier, they're they're god awful, and uh, he he's getting a lot of touch. Not not only is he is he rushing the ball, but they're using him in the pass game. I know they've got Austin Eckler there, but I, he, they seem to be able to both get enough uh, touches there to be valuable. And I think that Melvin Gordon could be in for a big week. Yeah. I, I like Melvin Gordon again. I've, I've got him in a dynasty league. So I'm always, always rooting for him. The only thing that would concern me is if it turns into a route is that he sits the fourth quarter. But at that point in time, you're going to assume that he's <laughs> he's giving you all the value he's going to give you anyway. Yeah, I would, I would say that if, if they're into a point where he's sitting, I mean, unless it turns into like a Baltimore last week where Alex Collins didn't really get a lot in the second half. but I, <laughs> Seven there, carries last week, right? Isn't that what he did last week? There, there really is not a lot of uh, – there are not a lot of games in the NFL that end up like that. So, um, it, it being a road game, I I'm hoping that, that the the Bills can keep it just close enough to keep it interesting. But but those Chargers plays players look to be pretty enticing again this week. Um, it can't do any worse than last week. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a long year in Buffalo. For a team that was in the playoffs last year, they sure took about eight steps backwards. 
Yeah, that's one of those situations where, again, your your offensive line has been blown up. So uh, that brings us back to what I talked about earlier with the defenses. Find somebody that's going against a bad offensive line and see what happens. Yeah, definitely not good for Shady McCoy this year. Yeah, that's going to be a rough one. A um, couple of the cheaper value plays that I'm looking at in tournaments uh, would be one of them – would be Alfred Morris at 3,600. He got 12 uh, touches in the offense last week, and that was in a negative game stripped against the Vikings. This week they get they get to be at home against the Lions, and the Lions were just a big sack of turds on Monday night, and that defense did not look good. Uh, if 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 they have a little bit of a strength, that's at corner, so. You might think that San Francisco will rush the ball. It's it's pretty much a time split from what I can tell between um, Morris and Brita, but at thirty six hundred, it, it's a it's a real nice value. Yeah, it you know it's still real early, obviously, in the season to figure out exactly what that backfield's going to be and what you have. But uh, I would say Morris is a good value at that point. He's pretty consistent. As you mentioned, Detroit looked nothing but a mess last week. So I like that play at that that low of a that low of a price. And the the other guy that for a uh, value play and a guy that you might not see a lot of uh, ownership on, I like James White. Uh, the uh, Patriots are playing the Jaguars this week. They've got a tough defense, so uh, a lot of people might want to stay away from the Patriots players. But New England's probably not going to try to run the ball. Uh, they're going to use that short passing game as their running game. And and James White's their best receiver with question marks. And uh, their only healthy running back. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> With question marks, you know, they said uh, Burkhead's been in the concussion protocol, though it looks like he's going to play. Jeremy Hill went on the IR, and Sony Michelle is still a question mark for his health. I think that James White could see a lot of action, and at uh, 4,500, he makes a good play to probably return value. Yeah, I mean, at that point in time, what's he need? You know, five catches for 50 yards, and you're doubling up your price at that point. So, yeah, I that'd be a really safe play there, you know, because Brady, the Patriots, they're one of those teams, you know, who knows what you're going to get out of them, but chances are that his floor is pretty good at 4,500. I agree with that. Cool. Short, I like it. sweet. I, I like it. I, 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 I like it when people don't argue with me. Although it makes me I love question. James White to a fault. That's my problem. Well, there you go. It's a bad play. You heard it here, okay. folks. Okay. Great. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, Brian, the guy. Brian's stamp of approval is just, it's a kiss of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, moving on then to uh, guys who catch the ball. Uh J.D., I, I think this one, this guy that you're looking at is a little controversial to me. Um, I don't know, controversial might be the wrong word, but uh, questionable. Come on, questionable. cut the guy break, would you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, uh, Josh Gordon. So I think it's going to be a coming out party. Um, and when I say coming out party, I mean for like the fifth time. Everybody knows this guy has the talent to be the best receiver in the game. And he could quite possibly already be the best receiver in the game. And he's starting this week. Uh, there were, I know he played a lot of snaps uh, last week against the Steelers. But let's face it, Taylor did not look good. But then again, neither did Big Ben. That was just an awful game. Uh, this game against the Saints, though, we saw what happened when you had Fitzpatrick throwing to uh, Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. And as good as those guys are, I think Josh Gordon's got them beat. So I think you're going to see some real fun stuff out of Josh Gordon this week. And at 5,800, it's worth the gamble. Brian, you want to take some shots or, or do you want <laughs> with, with, with who Gordon? Yeah. What do you, what I mean, do you think? I, I, I think, I think his, uh, was it a touchdown catch? Just yeah. Yeah. His touchdown a big catch. catch he made at the end of the game last week. I mean, I, 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 he's, it was just a matter of him. It was never a matter of talent. It was never a matter of desire. It was a matter of, you know, ability to put down the pipe. And I, I, everything <laughs> I've, everything I've heard and everything I've, uh, read, um, He's he's here and he he's the only thing he wants to do is play football. So I mean, if he if his head's on right, I mean he he could be a top five, you know, day in and day out, week in week out starter in the NFL. And at the price that he's at right now, I mean, all it's going to take is one breakout game, and you know he could he could lead the league in you know for that week in points. So I mean, it's worth the risk. Yeah, and you could you could pick some uh, higher price players with a little bit of a higher floor. Um, to kind of make take make up from the risk of uh, going with Gordon this week. Okay, okay. I mean, I, I get where you guys are looking. Obviously, he's he's got the the talent and the ability to to break it open and and to be the best player on the field. I'm a little bit concerned that he's not uh, fully uh, into integrated into the offense yet yet after he's he spent some time in the preseason away from the team he's uh according to pro football focus he's got a negative eight percent matchup rating against marshawn Lattimore. now i know evans beat him pretty bad this week but i can't i have a hard time uh believing that it's going to happen like that two weeks in a row um last week gordon uh, he he didn't start, but he did because he was on the field for their first uh, first play. But he's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice little coaching mix up they had, huh? Yeah, yeah. But the, the thing is, he 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 only had like a twelve percent target share in the offense, and um, I think that part of his game is is getting down the field, and and I'm not sure that's one of the big strengths of Tyrod Taylor is getting it all the way down the field. Uh, the short passing game seems to be more uh, in his wheelhouse. And so Jarvis Landry, I think, is going to be continue to be the target monster there. And I'm not, not sure that I'm, I'm ready to buy into the Gordon train this, this early. But, you know, it, he certainly – I have a feeling he's going to have a couple weeks this, this year where he's in the top three. I'm just not sure it's is this this week, but uh, yeah, it's, 
it's the gamble you're taking, and I'm kind of looking at it that I don't want to be the guy that's sitting here next week going, you know, I was going to play Josh Gordon, but I talked myself out of it, and now this week he's 8,500. Now, it's a, I mean, it's a, it's a good point. He's the it, player that can win you your week. Just him. Sure, sure. It's a good point, and I'm not I'm not saying that he won't, but it's it's just not where. Uh, my head is at this week, but uh, Brian, I I see that uh, you you. <laughs> I'm not going to go with my Denver guy. I'm going to go with my other guy. You're not going to go. <laughs> it's it's funny because your Denver guy is the guy that I love this year. But yeah, go ahead and. Uh, no, I I mean I love him too, but I've realized at six o'clock in the morning making picks, I'm obviously on a Denver kick this week. Um, <laughs> but uh, the guy I'm going to go with is Dante Pettis. Um, I I I, I liked him what he did this past week, especially if Goodwin's going to be out this week. Um, there's he, Pierre Garçon's getting old, and this guy proved he has some great hands, and he had a good training camp. He has, It looks like he has a good rapport with Garoppolo, so if he has the opportunity and given, you know, if he can get 10 targets this week, I have, have no doubts that he can, um, you know, for $4,000 can give you a good return on your money. I'm not going to pretend that I know a whole lot about this guy. Um, but he's Come on, we're pretending like we know a lot about everybody else. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you know, okay, he's he's the best. He's going to win you. Your, no, I don't I don't no. know. It, it's 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 definitely he's got the opportunity there with with Goodwin probably going to be out and uh with Darius Slay most likely going to be focused on Pierre Garçon. He should be the guy that uh, Garoppolo has to look at a lot this week. If it's not the uh, tight end. Kittle. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, with the price, I mean, what's he, what's he going for this week? Like 4,000. 4, yeah. I mean, to double up your money, you need what? Four catches for 40 yards. You know, to double up your value for what you paid for him, just so we're clear again, not your actual money, what yes. you spend in your uh, DraftKings salary, uh, you don't need a whole lot to get double your value or even really to get triple. He was on the field for 73% of the snaps last week, which is great, especially for him. His touchdown catch last week was a very nice catch. And you're right, those targets have to go somewhere. Likely they are going to go to Kittle, uh, you know, first. But I I do think that Pettis is a good play at that money. I'm not sure that he'd be the first guy I'd go to at that point. Um, but again, I like uh, like Mohamed Sanu at that range is a good one for me. Uh, then again, I think <laughs> you know we all know where I'm at with the, that Atlanta Carolina <laughs> game. You know, so Dang. again, not going to win you anything, uh, but could give you a leg up if he hits in a tournament. No, I mean, he's like, the, the what I looked at him was that, you know, you're finishing the finishing, filling out your lineup and you're looking for a $4,000 player, $4,500 player. I, I, in that range, he was one of the only names that really stood out to me that, you know, has a lot of opportunity this week to uh, at least cover his uh, cost. Well, definitely if you're going to, try to fit Kamara 
and one of Gurley or Antonio Brown. You know, if you want to get two of those high priced guys, you definitely have to find some some lower lower cost guys that are going to have opportunities. Um, and 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 there's just there's more this week than there will be next week and 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 the following. But uh, it, it it's it's really trying to find the ones that are gonna gonna hit. And 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 you were saying maybe double the value. I'd, I'd hope that anybody that I'm putting in my lineup, I'm I'm hoping it's gonna get at least three times. But uh, this yeah. This but guy, it, then again, three times at four thousand, you're not asking for a ton. No, so really, that, you know, you're yeah. you're right because you know you put guys like Chris Hogan in your lineup last week, and and he got you about half. So uh, yeah. I mean, look at Aguilar. Aguilar had that many points, and he only had 33 yards. It took yeah. him eight catches to get there, but. Well, speaking of Nelson Aguilar. Uh, I know. That's why I transition, guys. Uh, oh, what, have well, you done this before? You're, oh, come on. you're like a professional, Brian. <laughs> Dang. He's already better than us, Josh. Well, the color was, guy. Yeah, as soon as we <laughs> dialed in, I could have told you that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I got uh, Nelson Aguilar this week. He's showing up as a 56% positive matchup rating on Pro Football Focus, which is the fourth best uh, on on the uh, on the site. And he had 10 targets uh, last week and eight receptions. You're still not going to have um, Alshon this week, and he's got a better matchup. So. I really think they're probably going to put up some more points. I, I really do believe they they had that uh, ten ten day layoff there. They had more time to to get things right, and I think the offense will look better. And Aguilar is uh, if if he's not the top target, he's he's he'll be one of the top two targets there in the Philadelphia offense. Yeah, and uh, who is it for Tampa? I believe Hargraves is out this week so um you know that defense just got a little bit softer so that can only help out a, and, defense, a defense that just gave up 40 points so exactly i you know it was it was soft to begin with it you know now you take out Hargraves, who's arguably one of their better players it, you know it, it leaves the door open the question mark there is nick Foles. Which the, Nick Foles are you going to get? Yeah, the Nick Foles we saw last week is not good. Uh, I mean, yeah, Aguilar caught eight balls, but it was 33 yards. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, what, 4.13 yards per reception? So <laughs> that's that's yeah. not real good. Um, but I think you're right. I think it's just as easy for him if he gets those eight receptions this week for it to be good for 110 and a touchdown, you know, so at, at that point in time, at that price, yes, please. And, and I'm, I'm not going to harp on this uh, very long, but the other guy that uh, is in my wheelhouse, because he's, he's got the, the top matchup uh, this week is Antonio Brown, and he fits in for me with some tournament stacks with Ben Roethlisberger. I think this – well, well, James Conner uh, in the rain last week was was the the standout for Pittsburgh. I think that 
Antonio is up for one of his his giant like ten catch two hundred yard maybe two touchdown weeks. Oh, you heard it here, folks. That's what AB is going for this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. It's really hard to ever argue with playing Antonio Brown yeah. at home. So, I'm not going to say it's a bad call because I'd be a bigger idiot than I already am. I just feel that one's kind of a no-brainer. Oh, so, for sure, for you sure. You have to pick your poison with him. I mean, either you you know you're going to stop Connor, you're going to stop AB, you're going to stop Juju. So usually, the person that's going to win the out of those three is going to be AB. Well, and, and and for sure, with his uh, price tag, it it makes playing some of the other guys prohibitive. So it's you have to weigh it out, and, and you got to really think that he's going to give you a big week. And I think this is this is the week that you see it. So yeah, and really, like you said, the the point for that game is it's out of control. I mean, they're talking that's going to be what the highest scoring game of the week. So if you get a piece of any of the receivers. For Pittsburgh, you're good to go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anybody got uh, any strong opinions on tight end or even bad opinions? I always have bad opinions. And I will give you one of those right now. <laughs> <laughs> See, I can transition to you. Um. <laughs> oh, here's your boy. Here he comes. Yeah, uh, the death of my fantasy teams. Eric Ebron. I'm going to give him another shot. Uh, I know Jack Doyle is the quote-unquote go-to tight end right now, but since Andrew Luck can't seem to throw it past 20 yards right now, uh, I think there's enough love to go around there. And I think they're going to be playing a little bit from behind this week, and I think there is the potential for a quote-unquote shootout in Washington. So, I'm going to take Ebron this week. I also like him because they're not asking him to do what he's not good at, which is block. If they ask him to do what he can do very well is be athletic and catch the ball, it's, you know, line up with a slot or outside of him, I think he has a chance to be very successful this weekend, specifically in Indy this year. I, I, I think you got that partly right. I, be athletic, sure, but catch the ball. He Come can on. catch. This guy just never really got the chance. I I don't know. I think I think that he's he's a guy that is one of those athletic specimens that never really lived up to the bill because he's he's got bricks in his gloves. But uh, that's just my opinion. I, I don't I don't love him like like Josh alluded to. Jack Doyle is the tight end that you want in that offense. And how many how many second level tight ends really? are going to make make or break your team. Um, it's it's just not a, not a guy that really excites me. But um, I, I it's probably because I, too, have been burned by him in the past. <laughs> I, who hasn't? <laughs> I mean, if you've owned Ebron at any point in fantasy at all, he's burned you. Yeah, look, I mean, it, it kills me to do it, but Titan is one of those places uh, – like you said, your defense is usually the last place that you fill out when you're doing your lineups. Uh, tight end is pretty close to that for me because that's usually where uh, 
you can find a little bit more in the lower price range, obviously. So uh, the other one, it, just to keep it in the AFC South, that I'm looking at is Jonu Smith with Delaney Walker being out. Uh, I I think that he's enough of that freak athlete like Walker is uh, that he can step in and take over that role. It's a guy that uh, I, I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, there's some question marks around Mariota, and and he and he's yet to do it yet. So um, I I will be watching for Janu, but I'm not sure I'm ready ready to go there yet. Uh, there's two guys that I wrote down that that look good to me this week. I kind of alluded to George Kittle in San Francisco, just because. Uh, he he's he seems to be a favorite there and, and he's he's probably one of the next uh breakout candidates in the tight end uh position that, that doesn't have a whole lot going at the top. I think I only five tight ends got to hundred yards last week. Um so uh but the guy that I'm really focusing on this week is Jordan Reed. He's got a great matchup against Indy, and this is a guy you want to ride while he's healthy. And and right now he's healthy. He he's he's proven in the past to be uh, a game game winner. He's definitely got top three tight end upside, and and he's he's what I'm looking at this week. Yeah, and again, rule, five... rule eighty six. If he's in, you have to play him. Yeah, it, at this price, uh, he's another one of those guys where if you don't play him this week, there's a chance next week he's in that top tier 6,000, 7,000 tight end money, which, frankly, you don't want to pay for tight end, in my opinion. Um, I mean, what did he go for last week? Like four for almost 50 and a touchdown? So. I mean, right there, that's 15 points. You're getting triple your money, and he's got the potential to go well past that. So, yeah, I don't hate that play. Given the two, though, I think I'd go with Kittle, uh, especially with uh, Goodwin out. I think you're going to get a lot more volume out of Kittle, and you're saving yourself 1200 bucks uh, that can be used for one of your bigger-name guys. I think I'd be going Kittle in that if it was a toss-up between the two. I yeah, I would I would go with Kittle. I think he's a a safer play, especially for the price. Cool. All right, all right, Brian, are you gonna play uh, Jake Butt or what's the? True. No, I'm I'm going. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little homerish. I'm gonna go a little Trey Boo Boo, Trey Burton. I I think uh, I think they had a little bit of miscommunication week one. I really think for. For the price, I, I I think they're going to go back to their a uh, little bit of the form he had in the preseason, where he looked like the monster that they wanted him to be, the Travis Kelsey of this offense. Um, I mean, I don't see why he can't be a safety valve for Trubisky. Um, he's going to be it's going to be running for his life a lot more than we'd like him to this year. And Jordan Howard, speaking of bricks in his hands, he can't catch for you. I mean, or at least not given the opportunity to catch. Um, I, I think he'll be uh, a good place for Trubisky to lean on. Um, you know, five catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown, I, and I, which would be a good return on the money that you're putting in for him. I think, I think his price is only forty one hundred. 
Yeah, which is a nice play. Uh, and just so everybody's clear, most of the players that we've been talking about have been on the main slate, which is just your uh, Sunday early and afternoon games. It doesn't touch your Sunday night or Monday night games. Uh, but for those people that do play in a Thursday to Monday night league or even a Sunday through Monday night or even just the Monday night showdown, uh, I do think you can do much worse than Trey Burton. Uh, it's a gamble. Uh, he's an upside guy. I don't think he's a floor guy. He's certainly an upside guy, though. Well, well, we're, we haven't hit it here. We're all uh, Chicago Bears fans, and this guy certainly, I think he he's going to be a floor guy eventually. I don't, he might not be just yet. The, the whole offense is young and new, and they're, they're trying to catch a rhythm with their coach and, and stuff like that, but definitely going to be a – a safety valve for Trubisky. I know Brian. I, I know you said something about Jordan Howard not catching the ball, but he was five for five on his targets this past week. I, I think he's going to get used a lot more in the, in this passing game than than what he had in the past. No, uh, oh, I agree with that. I mean, I think five catches. That's almost what he did the whole last season last year. It was close to it. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, but. We, we don't want to go down this rabbit hole because we're going to start crying here pretty soon based on <laughs> what happened on Monday night. But um, since I made such a great call last week in fitting with the name of the podcast on my Chalkbuster, I, I think I'll throw another one out there and, and see if this guy can win the week for somebody. Uh, but uh, I think based on what happened Monday night on national television, you saw Quincy and Nunwa go off and get pretty much all of the Sam Darnold targets in that offense. Uh, and he, he's projected for like a 12% ownership, which is pretty, pretty decently high as if you're looking at, at other players. And while I don't, I'm not sure that he won't be the number one player in that offense. I, I am pretty sure they're not going to do as well as they did against Detroit on Monday night. So I think that's a guy you you people might overstep their uh, their play on this week. So that that's my chalkbuster, and and like James Conner last week, he'll probably go off. <laughs> yeah, I, you know I know a lot of people in our fantasy leagues that will be very happy to have that happen. Uh, I'm going to throw out Mike Evans this week. Uh, I think a lot of times you see a performance like what uh, Tampa Bay put on in week one and you get excited and go, you know what? I'm going to get on board that train right now. And I think at 7,300 Mike Evans is going to let some people down. And uh, I, I don't know if you want to take my advice on this, but I'm, I think I'm going to make JD cry and maybe die a little bit inside. But I'm going to say Tyreek Hill is going to disappoint compared to what people are going to play him like you play week one. Um, he's going to probably have one long bomb, maybe a go for a touchdown, but I think that's probably going to be about it for him. Yeah, so here's the deal with Tyreek Hill because you know I love me some Tyreek Hill. I know you uh, do. He's probably not going to replicate what he did last week. And if you're expecting him to, 
uh, hit me up. We can play a couple head to heads. It'll be it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think he's still gonna produce uh, at at seventy six. Uh, you know, he catches two or three you know balls, and one of them's for a fifty yard touchdown. You know, right there, you're already at fourteen, so you've already doubled. And uh, I don't think that'll be always do. I expect him to have a lot more. Uh, you know, five catches, eighty yards, and a touchdown. I think he's going to be in that range. But yeah, if you're expecting forty points out of him again, oh yeah, uh, no, I'm just saying everyone's going to fall off West him after what he did. DraftKings, uh, I'll do some head to hits. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, that that's he Tyreek Hill obviously isn't going to go off for thirty, forty. What do you get? Forty five points uh, every week on DraftKings. Uh, He's, it's it's an interesting matchup with a what looks like it could be a shootout there in Pittsburgh, and, and Joe this, Hayden's hurting. At, at this point, I really don't know what to say about Tyreek Hill. He's you thought that there's no way you can sustain what he did last year, and he came out in Week One and topped what all expectations were. He won me quite a bit of money this past week, so uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get some exposure to him. But I, I'm not sure that it'll be uh, in any kind of cash format. But tournament, it, it, here's here's the thing: on a Thursday night at this point, there are so many options. You you can't play everything, so you gotta you gotta pick your lanes and. Um, and go, go for it that way. Uh, I, it is I, worth mentioning that Hill does not do well against uh, Pittsburgh. <laughs> His last two outings against them have not gone well. Cool. Well, um, we're we're at our uh, weekly wager um, segment, and since we're all uh, degenerate, I shouldn't say since I'm a degenerate. And and you guys know me. <laughs> um, I I'd like to uh, like to throw out a a beer bet just uh, just for this week's uh, DraftKings slate since since uh, Brian you came on the show and we're we're happy to have you. Um, like to throw out a little beer bet. The top top score. The other the other two guys got to buy a beer next time we're out. Sounds like a plan to me. I'm down for at least one. I can drink. <laughs> well, we all know that's a third profession for me. So, um, <laughs> three fourths here we come. <laughs> so, well, I, I'd like to thank, like I said, Brian. Thanks for coming on. Uh, it's it's uh, always good to get some different uh, perspectives on 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 football. We, we this is a a little passion project for JD and I, and we're, uh, we're so thankful for all the people that have listened, who have liked our page, made comments, been, get involved. We're, we're certainly looking for, uh, more involvement and, and for people to spread the word, uh, keep, keep giving that feedback. Uh, Brian, you got any, any place on social media that you'd like to, uh, like to have people get in touch with you? 
Uh, just, I guess, Brian Campbell on Facebook. Um, and anytime you guys need me uh, or need my help or have any uh, anything, just get a hold of me. I'm here for you guys. Sweet. Yeah, appreciate it, Brian. Absolutely. No problem, guys. Uh, JD, where can people get in touch with you? Yeah, JD West twenty two on Twitter, uh, the old Instagram, if you will, uh, and obviously you can reach us at another bad call on both Twitter, Instagram. Uh, send us your questions to another bad call at gmail dot com. Hit us up on Facebook. Uh, the more feedback, the better. Absolutely, and uh, I don't know if if you had a chance to look at the the website anotherbadcall.com, I, I posted a recap blog this week i'm gonna try to do that every week just give you some insights of 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 what happened and uh, how right or wrong i was on the week uh, i can be reached at justin m west on twitter uh, instagram jmw1977 um, just just keep keep it coming we're we're loving everything um everything we're getting and so far so good But uh, there's always time for another bad call.